0: Hello and welcome back to Practicing Human, the podcast where every day we're getting a little better at life. I'm your host, Corey Mascara, and in today's episode we are going to talk about bullying yourself into peace. More to come on that in a moment. First, let's settle in together with the sound of the bells. So I recently saw the podcaster uh, Lewis Howes post on Twitter. He says, what do you think is the biggest problem with the self-help industry that needs to change? And so I offered my two cents. And I said, I think the biggest problem is framing, framing parts of ourselves as enemies to overcome. And that my experience is that this just leads to further fracturing and internal war. Bullying yourself into growth may work to achieve short-term goals, but it doesn't lead to long-term fulfillment. So curious how that one lands uh, for you. This is something I've gone on about a lot in this podcast, and if you've attended retreats or courses with me, you know this is a sentiment I, I hold as I think core to my teachings. It just hasn't been my experience that you can bully yourself into peace into enlightenment and into long-term fulfillment it certainly is a case that you can bully yourself into short-term achievement of goals I think there's endless examples of that Um, and what I mean when I say bully yourself this sort of uh, really belittling the part of you that might be fearful or you feel is holding you back um, that sort of what's wrong with you do better why can't you get this right the energy of that which is different than you know holding yourself to a high standard or encouraging yourself through discomfort this not bullying yourself into peace is not to say we just like don't hold ourselves to uh, a high standard or like encourage ourselves or And even like a certain degree of pushing ourselves to keep moving forward in context is like extremely important. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about where you, you try to hate yourself into, into change or shame yourself into change. And yeah, the examples of that that can work is like, you can be yelling at yourself while you're trying to run a marathon or if you're trying to lose weight, you might, Just tell yourself like how terrible you look and any form of, you know, shaming or hating or bullying that, you know, we can all, we all know because we've experienced at some point in our life, whether we've been on the delivering side of it or the receiving side of it. Most of us have been on both at one point or another. We know what that's like. And I think that's a, a sentiment that is often carried through in personal growth uh, narratives and modalities um, you know the one person I'm really looking at with this these days is the the author and uh, ultra marathon runner David Goggins not sure if you're familiar with him he wrote a book called Can't Hurt Me and you know he's he has an amazing story I and mean, he's just been through so much hardship and He's seen the aspects of himself that he would term as weak and fearful and holding him back. And he's found his way for overcoming those parts and pushing through and doing absurd feats, physical feats, you know, like a hundred mile uh, marathons in a weekend, eight weekends in a row, which is just ridiculous and holds the record for a number of pull-ups and you know, 24 hour period or 17 hour period, just stuff that you would look at and go like, wow, this person is clearly doing something incredible. And if you follow him on Instagram or check out any of his stuff, he's, he's got a, a certain way of being that, um, is very intense and very aggressive. And you know, his sign off is stay hard, stay hard. And it's, it's basically like calling yourself into, um, a higher, more intense, more productive, uh, better performing version of yourself. And there's a lot of it that's like, I think you can find really inspiring, especially at certain times in your life when you're trying to overcome something or push through something or really uh, like pull on a certain version of yourself to come through. And so those things are always interesting to me, those, those case studies, because anytime I offer something, to you here as a teaching. And anytime that I figure out, like, what is it that I subscribe to as a form of behavior change or a path toward well-being, I like to check it against everything. Um, I think that is one reason that maybe people have been drawn to my teachings over the years, is that uh, I, I really turn over every rock or a lot of them. And just because something, someone says something is true I, I, I challenge it from a lot of different perspectives and so here like I'm holding one poll in what I'm talking about where it's like we can't bully ourselves, ourselves into uh, fulfillment or real peace um, or even like real sustainable change and then like well let's look at like what that does look like for someone who's extremely popular and has accomplished a ton um, and is a motivating force for a lot of people, like David Goggins. Like, why might that be incomplete? Well, my my perspective, I've I've listened to his, um, you know, gone through his book, I've listened to podcasts of his as well, and there's one he did several years ago uh, with Joe Rogan that I was just watching a clip of, and um, he, he talks about how you know he's he's also like really vulnerable even though he's got this like really hard shell to him he's he opens up about himself his present self um and ways that he gets scared and fearful and he talks about in the interview early on how like there's a part of him even right now that like wants to run out of the interview wants to flee uh, and doesn't want to be here and wants to withdraw and like the way he works with that is just in a sense like shoves it down and pushes through and brings forward the self that he wants to be. And that's very much like how he's molded himself into who he is. Uh, and obviously I'm not David Goggin, so I can't speak to all the nuances of, of his approach. I'm just pulling out what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing as true right now. But that was fascinating to me because, um, there is still this part of him that you know that fearful part you know we could call it a younger self um that that is there it it actually hasn't been transformed and the way he's working with it is by in a sense like putting his foot on that part's head uh, and temporarily suffocating it and you know, you can, you can push forward like that uh, and you can achieve a lot of goals like that and, and you can rest in a certain version of yourself temporarily like that. But the thing for me that I'm, I'm interested in this life and, you know, interested in teaching as well is like what does it look like where we don't constantly feel like we're at war with ourselves or that we can't be still or we can't be with ourselves, um, because there's some part of us we're we're scared of or we haven't made peace with or we don't know how to communicate well with. So that's one thing. Like I, I look at that and I go, Okay, there's a lot of accomplishment here. And the guy does also seem to enjoy his life, but I wouldn't necessarily say there's a deep fulfillment and wholeness because it seems like this part is something he's constantly at war with. And I look at other people, you know, maybe aren't doing a hundred mile marathons in a weekend. I don't know if that's a secret weapon to be able to do that. But I look at other minds and hearts that I aspire to, you know, monks I've met, but other humans who have done a lot of deep work. Uh, And there's not this relationship with themselves. Um, And yet, you know, it's much softer and open Um, and compassionate, and kind, and there's, there's an alchemical process that happened in how they have related to younger parts of them, fearful parts of them, that has fundamentally shifted how those parts express, and sometimes they, they no longer become fearful and anxious, um, And that's that's the main thing I'm I'm most interested in. What does it look like to alchemize those parts? Because those parts they're not enemies. They're trying to help you. They care about you. They they just need more guidance. And so if you just stomp on their head and never move toward them and get to know them and understand what their positive intention is, you you never build a relationship. And without that relationship you're just you're at war. And with that relationship, those parts can can actually become allies and uh and and actually support who you're trying to become now, or they can let go entirely and just you know, become something different. I see it all the time in the work that I do. And you can read more about how that process happens in, in books like No Bad Parts by Richard Schwartz or Feeding Your Demons by Lama Sultram. So um anyway, like the the peace I see and like the quality of openness and contentment and fulfillment that I see and people I admire, it just looks very different than this, uh, like David Goggins-esque way of fighting yourself into the best version of yourself. And so it's, it's nuanced territory, which is why I'm exp- trying to explain it as much as possible here, in that uh, you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Y- you know, you could look at someone like him and go, there's a lot there. And maybe that strategy could be useful at a certain point in time maybe it's something you want to try out but um i'm i'm using that as an example and where i see the underbelly of that or where i see the incompletion of that strategy as a way of reinforcing why i think the strategy i'm I'm sharing with you here is a much more useful longer term approach to not only reaching your goals um But to fulfillment, Uh, or maybe I should say not only fulfillment, but also reaching your goals. Uh, My experience is that I have way more energy for the things I care about and I want to accomplish and I want to pursue when I'm not at war with myself. It's exhausting to be at war with yourself, to have to be like pushing parts of you down in order to rally, to keep going. I mean, anyone who's navigated depression knows that. Just like what it what it's like to have to like push down depression to try to uh, express yourself as happy or show up as happy like that it's an exhausting process. Um, and so my experience is that when you know you do the work to really meet aspects of yourself that you feel like are holding you back and you get to know them and you lean into them and you understand what they're trying how they're trying to help you and serve you um and where they are like these parts that are frozen in time when you were two or four or six and still operating as if you're that age when you get to know them and re-educate them and let and be the parent for them uh something shifts in a big way And there's energy that arises to pursue goals. Those goals might change because if your goals are only based on not feeling good enough or feeling like you constantly have to be running, 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 running in order to be worthy of praise or goodness or love, then yeah, when you do start feeling more fulfilled, some of those goals might fall away. You know, you have to venture into that territory to decide if that's what you want, but um, the if you're interested in actual fulfillment, then it shouldn't really matter. You know, the goals, every, everything just reorganizes itself. And then your energy is pulled to different things. Things that are more aligned with you actually being fulfilled and whole and loved and content and sharing that. So it's a very long-winded way of saying uh, I don't think we, we bully ourselves into real growth, real sustainable growth. And especially the thing that I can more stand on into peace, at least in the way that I understand peace, where you can just be in yourself, in the wholeness of yourself. And there's an ease. There's a stillness. There's like a full embrace um, while also holding yourself to a high standard. Like That can be done. And for what it's worth, I've done it in myself, which is not to be a humble brag. It's just you know I've taken the opposite a different approach than the David Goggins approach. And uh I am still a, a very productive human. I have a lot of goals. Um and I do feel very deep peace throughout my being. And I know many people for whom that's true as well. So I just wanna offer that as a as a path. Um yeah, that's all for now. Uh, as you might be aware, I am shifting. My, I had to shift my online retreat for Mastering Stress and Anxiety to uh, the next weekend, which is December 9th through 11th now. So if you are interested in that and want to sign up, you still can. We will be talking more about this topic that I went into today and also specific strategies for doing that deeper alchemy, that deeper inner transformation, so that these parts that are constantly creating tension and stress and anxiety... Uh, and suffering can actually start to shift and your relationship to them can shift. So I'd love to have you there. But m- more than even that, we're, this is just going to be a really thorough, comprehensive exploration of uh, stress and anxiety. And I've never done a really in-depth program on it. I've done a master class on it, but this is you know 12-hour plus. Mm-hmm. So if you are interested in the content, this is going to be the last uh, retreat online retreat I run this year, Um, but if you're interested in this topic and you can't attend live, you can still sign up and you'll get lifelong access to the recordings, so you do not need to attend live to register. If you want to learn more about it or watch a video that I created on it, you can go to coreymiscara.com forward slash retreat or go to the link in the show notes. would love to have you there or to see you on the recordings. Thanks so much. Thank you for your practice. Talk to you soon, and until next time, take care.